Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. Happy ho ho holidays, everybody. Oh my goodness. Yep, it's coming up. If you're listening, if you're watching, you might notice that we are in a different location than usual. We are sitting right next to William's beautiful full Christmas tree. Thank you very much. My wife decorated it. Yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Kristen and I are doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, usually on the show, we talk about monsters that we've mm-hmm. researched, but uh, I've been seeing it more and more recently, uh, and we got around to talking about it. People have been freaking out about this old tradition that people evidently used to do in the holiday season, yeah. where on Christmas Eve, whatever you celebrate, it was traditionally known as a time to tell scary stories yeah there's a smithsonian article about it that's been going around all december that maybe hit you in some facebook page that you follow or something and somehow this tradition got lost to the ages people stopped doing it yeah and now that we know that this is a thing humans used to do a lot of people are asking why did we ever stop where are our ghost stories and so we are here to bring that tradition back that's right uh, and so we're going to be reading you some actual paranormal stories sent to us by listeners of this show. <laughs> so if you sent us a story, there's a very good chance that you're about to hear us talk to each other about it right here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But before we get to that. Before that, William, I want to decorate the tree Yeah. with an item that I've brought. I believe you have one, too. I believe I do. Perhaps here. a cursed item, a damned item. Yeah. Kristen and I, uh, let me let me set it up a Go little ahead. bit too, because here's here's mine. Go right ahead. Here's mine. Okay. We'll have hefty. to. I know. We'll have oh, to describe like a these. Skate hefty hefty cinch sack. <laughs> we'll have to describe Shit. these for oh. the people who are only listening. Yeah. Uh, uh, as well, but you can see these things that Kristen and I have made. Mm-hmm. If you watch the video version, Kristen and I made our very own. Dibbic boxes. That's right. Cursed boxes. There's a previous episode of Guide to the Unknown where Kristen told us the story of the Dibbic box, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, an artifact that's supposed to contain a demon. A Dibbic is a Jewish demon, I believe. I think it's a, or it's a Yiddish word for a demon. Yeah. So yeah, it was a box that was said to bring misfortune to everybody who encountered it. And then it seems like since that, well, not since that, not like since our episode, but it seems like with Zach Bagans procuring, and I would say popularizing the Dybbuk box, I feel like Dybbuk box has become almost a catch-all term for a cursed box. Right. So we're just using that for our items. Exactly. And so Kristen's birthday mm-hmm. uh, was November 30th. Yep. And sort of last minute, I thought it would be fun to... Um, another thing that Kristen told us about in a previous episode is these haunted eBay listings. Yeah. That people will write a story and, you know, put a spooky looking doll up on eBay for people to bid on. Right. So I decided to chase something like that down to get Kristen a haunted artifact for her birthday. And I found, I found, well, this. <laughs> this is, Kristen, describe it for our listening audience. Okay. So it is a ceramic box with an angel on top of it. And it has been painted gray all over the place to look aged. Now, when William handed me this, I didn't really register at first that it was painted gray. I kind of thought that it was made out of iron or something. Right. And then I just kind of like clocked that her face was dirty, but I just didn't like think about it that much. But if you turn it over on the bottom, they're like paint brush strokes yeah, on and it. not only that i yeah. noticed just this afternoon mm. there's an entire part oh my god they missed that they missed when they were painting this thing to make it look scary and so 
like I had said to Will, like, benefit of the doubt. I mean, maybe they bought it this way. Maybe it was, well, because Will was like, they painted it to look old and cursed. And I was like, well, maybe they bought it that way or something. But then we went on to the eBay seller's eBay account to look at their other items for sale. Yeah. And they had another box that was painted the exact same way. So it was definitely painted to look like aged and scary. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so the listing was called Dybbuk Spirit Box Sealed. Found in abandoned house, attic, haunted slash paranormal. <gasps> like just like every single possible word to try to grab your attention. Yeah. Uh, and so they said that it was sealed with wax. Uh, all bitters. Uh, I would say. Poorly. Yeah. Poorly. All bitters will remain anonymous. Warning. This is not a toy. Do not under any circumstances open this box. So I gave this to Kristen in the front entryway <laughs> of my house here. And Kristen immediately was like, huh. And popped it open. Yeah. <laughs> It was like the first thing she did. It smells really bad. Oh, it smells terrible. And there's just garbage inside. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It, it looks like pieces of abalone shell yeah. um, with like holes run through it for stringing or something like that. I know that abalone shell is used in some rituals, uh -huh. like traditionally for smudging a house with sage or I guess whatever else you'd want. Yeah. You use an abalone shell underneath it to catch the ashes and stuff. So I don't know if they like knew that and they were like, oh, we'll add a little bit of like abalone mystical zing uh-huh i think yeah, that I might know. be too thoughtful I, yeah i think it is too thoughtful yeah. because i honestly think that some of the appeal is that you're not supposed to open these things i mean it was not even sealed no i know give me a break but i mean that's what they say is that yes. you're not supposed to open them at all so like right. they they were going for mm -hmm. the effect of the jingle inside true not even necessarily for you to see it true right? It so, could have been an old skeleton key in there, something very scary. Yeah, uh, that would have been way cooler. Yeah, but like, you could think that if you're just listening to the jingle. Oh, I think I you make a good saying. point. Little right. fantasy. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. Mm -hmm. So uh, then Kristen and I got to talking. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about the the ways in which uh, the Patreon account, patreon.com slash gttupod, yep. enriches Guide to the Unknown and the way that we try Absolutely. to use it to, to give back. Mm -hmm. And so Kristen and I set a challenge for each other <laughs> to create our own Dybbuk boxes. Right. So we are going to uh, take a look at each of our boxes mm -hmm. right now. And in one week's time, we are going to pick one of you. Yeah. Actually, two of you. Yes, two. Who we will send these Dybbuk boxes. Uh, and you can keep them in your home That's forevermore. Right. <laughs> uh, and the ways, uh, just to say before we go ahead and open these boxes and describe what we've concocted right uh if you are a member of our patreon mm -hmm. uh you are already entered into the contest yes. just by supporting us bingo yeah you have seven entries right off the bat without having to do anything else seven is a magically powerful number absolutely so your chances are pretty good so when we draw names from a hat mm -hmm. you will have seven pieces of paper in right. that hat you've already got a leg up Everybody else, if you're not a member of the Patreon, we completely understand. We totally. know that uh, it's not always easy to commit funds to mm -hmm. a piece of entertainment, especially not in this season. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to enter the contest to put your name in the hat, uh, what we need you to do is share Guide to the Unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, write a post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you tag us because right. if we don't see that you did this, we don't know to put your name yeah. in the hat. Uh, write blog posts, mm -hmm. share Guide to the Unknown with your other favorite podcasters, show people, yeah. spread the word. Essentially, get us out there mm -hmm. and you 
are going to be entered to win one of yeah. these two boxes. Yeah, one entry per share. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so also Patreon people, if you want to like up your entries, you can share as well and that'll be added on top of your existing seven. One hundred percent. I think maybe we should also do a no brainer rule of like mm-hmm. you can't just do like five thousand in one day. Well like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's say Yeah, if to, it's like obvious spam or something. Yeah, you yeah. get to, you get up to like three a day or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Be so, reasonable. I yeah. It's kind of arbitrary. <laughs> I I doubt that they're going to do that, but yeah. it's not bad to It'd say. It'd be a good problem to have that yes. everybody was sharing a thousand things but i don't Absolutely. know just, just throwing it now up wait there. william did you write a story to go with yours uh well i know a little bit about this artifact if that's oh, what you mean okay yeah well i wrote as though we're an ebay listing kind of thing okay perfect for mine yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read that to you, and then you can tell me about yours. Absolutely. So uh, uh, let me describe to everybody what your box looks like. Okay. It almost looks like a miniature cigar box to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a wonderful uh, natural wood, light wood color with ornate uh, carvings along each side. It's really quite side. beautiful. And some beautiful red and blue, would you call this filigree? I would call it filigree for lack of a better word. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know if that's the right word. I don't know either, honestly. Uh, no, Embellishment. It, yeah, it's a very uh, – it's a, a nice little light mm-hmm. box. It's mm-hmm. very comforting looking. I can see this on a shelf and make a wonderful display piece. Feels good in the hand. It does. It does. Okay. So this is what would be in my eBay listing for this box. But, of course, I'll just be giving it to you good people. But just to keep in the theme, you understand. Okay. Because I'm sorry, I don't because if people haven't listened to the eBay haunted eBay items episode, I want to explain um, a lot of the haunted items that are on eBay. Their listing has like a story. It'll be like I entered the haunted house and looked in the cabinet or whatever. So I wrote it in that style, just to understand what's going on here. A little bit less weird. It's intentionally weird. Okay. I was standing by the table at my garage sale when he approached me. I barely noticed him at first. Suddenly, there was a small man wearing a dark suit and hat in front of me, holding a carved wooden box. Can I put something here? Anyone who knows you both is welcome to it, free of charge. The question caught me off guard in general, but the wording especially gave me pause. Anyone who knows who? I asked. You and your brother, he said, smiling, displaying (laughs) wide rows of blackened teeth. The two. Excuse me, I said, feeling my face get red. What was happening? My eyes briefly darted from him, looking for anyone I knew, reassurance that I hadn't dropped into another dimension. When I looked back, he was gone. I don't know who he was or where he's from, but I don't want to mess with his wishes. That's why I didn't leave it on the table at the garage sale, where a random neighbor could have picked it up. I'm passing it on to someone who knows us, who knows Will and I. The two. It's a pretty box lined with a colorful lining. (laughs) Could have given that another pass. Um, I wonder if it covers anything. It holds an incense cone and a rolled piece of paper with a message I haven't looked at. Instructions, perhaps? Oh, my. It isn't meant for me. It's meant for you. That's it. Am I permitted to open this box? You may open it. For, for but a cursory look? Right. Not too far. Not too far. For the divot could escape. Just enough. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I want to say about the divot <laughs> box that I gave Kristen, popped it open immediately in yeah. the front entryway. Immediately, a bunch of my equipment here started going haywire. Allie's been knitting a gigantic thing, and there was a calamitous mistake with her knitting machine. Wait, are you serious? Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. And like every, that night something went weird with your equipment? Uh, All week. Ever since I gave it to you, honestly. Are you being serious? I'm being dead serious. I think I have to buy a new mixer. 
Um, Uh-oh. and th- yeah, th- like th- these are not insignificant things that we've been experiencing here. And, uh, I told Allie that you want to keep the, the Dybbuk box here yeah. to have it displayed behind us during the show. And she's like, yeah. I don't, tell her to take this thing away. Like, I don't get, want get, get this thing out of the house. So Kristen immediately cursed our homes. So I'm going to, we're going to open more Dybbuk boxes here in the living room. <laughs> is that all true? Will? That is all true. That's weird. That is all true. All right. Now let's, <laughs> let's, let's open up that thing. the box that, uh, that Kristen made here. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Okay. Ooh. Beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. I love the sky scene. There, There's like, it's lined with paper inside mm-hmm. of birds flying away over the clouds. Hmm, ravens, perhaps? Perhaps. They, An they, ominous they, bird? They may be ravens. And yes, indeed, incense uh, uh, to light, to spark, uh, perhaps to spark the fear in your heart. <laughs> who, who can say? And I don't want to peel it too far, but... I couldn't help but notice, but it seems that this paper oh, is no. not entirely attached to the box. I I wonder oh, that's so cool. what lies Kristen. beneath. That's so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, no more mysteries can be revealed here safely because, as Kristen no. said, this message is not intended for us. No, this small man in the dark suit with the wide black and smile on the hat says it's for one of our followers, one yes. of our listeners, of us, the two. The two. So you will have to spread word of mm-hmm. our doings uh, to earn your message. Yes. Um, and uh, hey, Al, come here for a second. Allie, come here for a second. My, my wife just came home. Uh, what did you say about the Dybbuk box uh, that Kristen opened in our, in our home? Oh, it's been causing all sorts of problems ever since you opened it. So thanks for doing that. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> what sort of problems? Uh, let's see. So Will's PlayStation account got closed. Oh, that's true. Like right away. Um, this is strange. Uh, there's, there's so much other. I got a friend re- a request from somebody who listens to this show, though, because uh-huh. I got reinstated. So thank you so much. Oh, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what other bad stuff has happened? Uh, my my board is fried. Oh yeah, Will's board is fried. Oh, also, uh, curiously, Uh-oh. uh, some sort of a uh, uh, malaise, oh, uh, <laughs> a wafting, uh, faint. A uh, cloud of gray descended on my brain, uh-huh. uh, making me unwilling to, uh, unmotivated, uh, perhaps a depression, you might say. Right. No, that's from before. <laughs> I think it was the box. Wait, did you give me the box right before I got food poisoning? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> there, there have been several other things that uh, have, have happened where, yeah. It's just like random weird things. Uh oh. Like, what the hell yeah. is going on? Hmm. Uh-huh. Weirdness. Yeah, real weird. Okay, now this describe... box isn't so fake after all. <laughs> Yikes! All right, uh, please describe the Dybbuk box that I made uh, for you, and then I will tell you the tale behind it. Okay, so it's a large box. So it's almost—it's almost like bread box shaped. Um, it's cool looking. It's like leather or faux leather, maybe a nice pleather. It's embossed with roses. It has like brass hardware on it, and along the sides, it's kind of edged in i i thought it was metal for a second right. it's edged in something that seems to have arcane symbols pressed into it i know very strange isn't mm-hmm. it yes um, it's a cool box so let me tell you a little bit about this box because it's in shockingly good condition for where it was found yeah um in the town that kristen and i live uh this is a very old town there's mm-hmm. a lot of old history here it's called highland park literally because this land is raised up it's not sea level there's just like certain characteristics to it that harken back to a time where 
uh, people were venturing across these great United States and yeah. discovering parcels of land mm-hmm. and calling it obvious names because that's really all they had right. at their disposal. So one of the oldest families in this town, the Bartlett family, mm-hmm. uh, Ellie and Norman Bartlett, uh, lived together. She was his mother, uh, and he never left home. Yeah. He essentially had a complete failure to launch, never left the nest. Mm-hmm. And so Norman Bartlett and Ellie Bartlett were living together while he was 50 mm-hmm. and while she was 75 uh, before tragedy struck. Mm-hmm. The neighbors said that they were always quiet. Um, they seemed. Is this a true story? This is a true story. Okay. Uh, they seemed incredibly kind, polite. Um, they didn't speak to the neighbors very much, but when they did, uh, everybody got the impression that these were very well-educated people mm-hmm. and – you know, maybe their circumstances were odd, but there was no reason to think that anything unfortunate had happened to them before or was going on within the household. Yeah. Until the fire. Mm. Uh, so the house burned down, the Bartlett house, mm-hmm. uh, with both Ellie and Norman inside it. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, they both passed away in this fire. And as the cleanup crews came by to clear away the... Uh, the remains of the house, the ash, uh, the broken uh, chunks of brick mm-hmm. from the chimney that had fallen over. They found uh, Norman yeah. um, in the living room with his arms crossed over his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in his hands this was box. this box. And for having been in a massive fire... It's in pretty good shape. You can see that it has not burned at all. Yeah. Uh, I am not sure why this box escaped the lick of the flame. Nor I. Now, Kristen, uh, feel free to open it up and take a cursory look inside. Okay. Again, not too All right, guys. I'm going to open the Bartlett box. Bartlett. Bork Bort box. Bork Bartlett. My goodness. Okay. We have here... A candle holder containing. Yeah. The, a candle. I thought this was strange. The leathery yeah. skin. Huh. To say the least. Yeah. Oh, is this little Norman himself? This might be the Bartlett boy. This might boy. be a totem. From another of time. Of the Bartlett boy. From it's another time. singed. Singed, though, it was found in the box. Right. And the outside of the box bears no sign of Remains fire. Remains quite clean. I've got ash on the fingers. Ooh, and then we have sealed within a glass jar stones and a note Yeah, that seems to also have been burned. But how was this note burned from within the glass jar within the Bartlett box? What's more? What's more? William? The, the brickwork inside the box appears to be from the foundation of the Bartlett house. But how could they have broken chunks of the Bartlett foundation sealed in this box before the house ever burned? How could this be? How could it be? And William, within the box's ceiling. What? Top. The words, I am sorry, are carved. Wait, what are you talking about? Go ahead. Are you serious? Take a gander. (laughs) I did not do that one. I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't do that. Yes, you did. (laughs) I didn't do that. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of stuff in here. There's there's a, there's a secret meaning to something in this box, but I did not do that. So, are you serious? Yeah. I can't tell what's real and what's fake anymore. No, I'm serious. 
That's awesome. Wait, William, it are says, you really I'm serious? Sorry? It says, I'm I sorry. am sorry. I'm sorry. It's scratched on the top of this box. That's great. All right. Well, uh, in order you to learn more of the Bartlett you story, did that, you stinky. you'll have to enter the yeah, contest here, hold on, hold on. Uh, to win. Yes. Again, uh, as a huge thank you to our Patreon peeps, without whom we uh, would not be able to do this show, nor would we be able to uh, go around creating Dybbuk boxes for each other. Yes. Um, um, who who has handwriting and yeah. something in the... <laughs> Oh, with that, definitely. That's your handwriting. Oh, yeah. yeah we were also yeah. on the show American Hysteria this weekend. It was super fun. Hell, yeah. You had you carved that. Anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, Patreon peeps, you already have seven entries apiece. Yes. Uh, and you can always earn more. People who are not members of our Patreon, uh, you can also enter the contest to win uh, one of these two boxes mm-hmm. by sharing Guide to the Unknown. Just make sure we can see that you have done that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and there you have it, our yeah. Dybbuk boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen and I have created cursed artifacts. That's right. So do your thing yeah. and earn these curses. Yeah, they could damn your soul. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'll Good. take it to the side for now. Cool. And there you have it. All right. Uh, that, that was almost a show unto itself. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, uh oh. Oh no! It's Did begun. it open? No. Did it open? <laughs> Uh, Will's box fell. But there you have it. They might also, uh, by the way, these boxes might have additional things in them by the time they get to you. Oh. Well, now I'm, I'm going to look like a scrub. Well, you are a scrub. Um, okay. All right. Let's okay. let's revive the old tradition. Let's do it. The traditions of yore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, folks out there, you have sent us uh, stories of paranormal events that you have experienced yourself in your life. We are going to share them on the show right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so that we can all, of course, enjoy your torment. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for sharing it. Yeah. So I believe I'm. I'm, I'm you are reading first. first. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this first story comes to us from Kristen Ellers. <clears throat> uh, here we go. My family lives in Utah. I'm in Florida. I got a phone call on Easter Sunday telling me my dad had fallen and gone to the hospital, but everything was fine. My father had had a stroke when I was two years old and had been paralyzed ever since. He used a walker and could not use his left arm at all, so accidents were fairly common. Thirty minutes later, I got another call saying that he had passed away. That night, I had a dream that my family, minus dad, were at an old-timey 50s diner, eating and discussing funeral arrangements. I looked up, and across the room was a man sitting in a booth backlit by sunlight shining through the window behind him. He was looking down at his plate with a knife and fork in his hands. He looked up at me and smiled, and I realized it was a younger version of my dad from before his stroke. My family was still talking, and I did not notice him. He smiled and said, It's going to be okay. You will all be just fine. I woke up feeling very much at peace. I flew to Utah and told my mom about the dream on the drive to her house from the airport. She cut me off saying, Oh yeah, I remember you telling me about this. But the thing is, I hadn't told her. Then, she realized that my sister had actually told her about the dream. When I saw my sister later, I asked if she had dreamt about dad. She told me her dream, and it was the exact same dream down to the last detail. I thought it was pretty cool. And that my dad made sure that we knew he was all right. 
Isn't that nice? That is very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the kind of, uh, uh, Kristen and I have been through, uh, uh, events. Yeah. <laughs> events. <laughs> We've been through some events. Yeah, certainly have. And I've always felt like if you happen to have a dream of a loved one who passed away, mm-hmm. um, whether or not that is some way of, of some method of theirs to communicate with you from beyond the grave. Yeah. Uh, they're real enough to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've got this built up idea in your head of what, of what your friends and family are like mm-hmm. to you. So it's just as real. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can take that as, uh, I don't know, verifiable contact because mm-hmm. you're, you're speaking to the person as right. they exist in your brain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can't imagine how weird that would be to have that experience and find out that your sibling had the exact same experience. Yeah. That's very, very cool. That is very And cool. very comforting. I'm sure that was nice for you and your sister, Kristen. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, so now I'm going to read one from Jenny Lentz. My husband and I were married last fall at a beautiful farm in Bucks County, PA, which is not super far from where we are. Yeah. That, uh, the farm and barn date back to the early 1700s. While working late into the evening setting up with the owner shortly before the event, we were discussing how it was a pet-friendly venue and some couples chose to include their pets in in the ceremony. She started a story about a particular dog in a past wedding and then stopped short, claiming she didn't want to freak me out before the wedding and that it was a little spooky. Well, obviously, since I'm a fan of your podcast, I'm not Uh, I'm not only not turned off by spooky events, I'm into them. Mm -hmm. So she explains how several guests at a recent wedding had encountered a friendly pooch mingling among the party and basically sniffing around greeting people and looking for snacks. When the owner asked the special couple what made them change their mind about bringing their pup along, they replied that they hadn't, nor had any of their guests. In fact, half of the people who the dog had been sitting near had never even seen it. There was no dog. Oh, boy. In addition, the owner's daughter, who is the on-site bartender, encountered encountered a darker version of the ghostly canine while she was cleaning up after a late-night wedding. The driveway that leads from the top of the property to the parking area is a fairly long gravel path through empty woods and fields and unlit except for a few solar walkway lights. While headed back to her car, something the size of a large dog seemed to fall or jump out of a tree a short distance ahead of her. She froze and couldn't make it out, but waited for it to run off, thinking it may have been a deer or a coyote. Instead, the creature reared back on its hind legs and started approaching her. She turned tail and booked it back up the driveway to the farmhouse, hearing the crunch of gravel under her, uh, under the feet of whatever was following behind her. She made it back to the house and awoke her parents, but by then, whatever it had, whatever it was had disappeared. She could only describe it as chupacabra-like, a dark dog-shaped being. The owner of the farm apologized for the creepy background so close to my own wedding, and I assured her that I was not turned off. I told a select few of my wedding guests to be on the lookout um, the night of the nuptials, but unfortunately we didn't experience anything supernatural except a scary hangover the next day. (laughs) Even though we didn't see anything, my five-year-old son happily reminds all of our friends to watch out for chupacabras when they go out at night. Um, and then she said thanks and said nice things. Wow. Yeah. So wow. thank you. That's yeah, thank awesome. You. I would have been the same way if they were like, oh, I was about to tell you the scary story, but no, I'd better <laughs> not. I'd be like, well, pull up a chair and let's go. Yeah, exactly. Rewind yeah. that. You're telling me. Yeah. You're telling me now. It's happening. Um, man, what do you do? What, what do you mean? Oh, what do you do if there's like a dog? Yeah. A, the same thing they did. I would have turned tail 
as Jenny said, and gotten the hell out of there. Yeah, I guess if it's an animal, you don't. It said it reared up on its hind legs and was approaching. I don't no, know. No, that, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that, that means the whole time it was like walking. Like, <laughs> oh no, like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like I guess in some circumstances, like something mysterious happens, you want to track it down. But yeah. I guess if it's an animal. No, they're too unpredictable. Too un- yeah, you're right. They're I love animals, but no, I'm not pursuing that. I'm like territorial. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just a regular animal, it could freak out at you. And if it's some sort of like supernatural animal, it could freak out at you supernaturally. Yeah, for sure. I thought at first this story was going to be like nobody brought a dog. Like it was a ghost dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, running around chasing all of them. I mean, it may be. It's hard to say. We don't know if it's a ghost dog or if it is some sort of like chupacabra or um, what do they call it? Hellhound. Hellhound. Type creature. Yeah. Azul. Yeah. (laughs) A Vince Lortho. It's hind legs. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Our next story comes to us uh, from Diane Gilbert. All right. <clears throat> I was newly single, and a high school friend decided I needed a night out. We met at a small country bar that she liked. I had never been there. We had a drink, and some guys started coming to the table. I turned around, and there was an older gentleman sitting in the chair next to me. He introduced himself. He said, I know who you are, and so do some of the other people in here. I was a friend of your father's, and there are some of these people that would try to take you to get to him. I turned to my friend, and I said, you know, get a load of this guy. <laughs> we both turned, and he was gone. I didn't really pay attention to him, but I started feeling really uncomfortable and decided to go home. The next day, I told my father that I had met a friend of his the night before. He asked me who, uh, who it was, and I told him his name. My father got very quiet and asked me what he looked like. I described him, and my dad got very pale. He said, you couldn't have seen him. He died three weeks ago. I was a pallbearer at his funeral. The description I had given him was correct, down to the type of ball cap he wore. I never went back to that place again. Sort of a a, a guardian angel type situation as well. I Yeah, I think so. I wonder what was with the people in that bar or whatever it was. or Yeah, bar yeah. that they liked. Why were they after Diane Gilbert? Because that's the secret, yeah. truly scary thing mm-hmm. hiding inside this story. Yeah, the is that there are a it. bunch of people who know you here uh-huh. and who would take you out or yeah, whatever. Or take take you. Take you. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. take you yeah. to get to your father. Because, um, yeah, like at surface value, you go like, oh, there was the, the person I spoke to my turn back right. and he was gone like that feels like it's got to be the central thing but no 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 No, it's that no. the real people who are around you are the threat right the ghost person is actually your friend and yeah. helping you trying to help you you want to lean in here, into them the people in here know who you are yeah you're in this situation can you imagine this situation like forget even the <laughs> i'd be like why do they want me i know forget even the the ghost aspect almost but you're in like a, a bar you're hanging out Having a whale of a time. Mm-hmm. And then you turn and there's a person standing there and they're just like, you need to be careful because several of these people are watching you. Right. You need to leave. You need to get out of here now. They would take you. That would, yeah, they would take you. I'd be out. That would be, that would be it. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's so scary. I'm like, you know what? You just gave me a perfect out to leave. I didn't really want to be out anyway, but I didn't want to cancel plans again. Right. Thank you for giving me a solid reason. Yeah. And then I'm out of there. I'm on the couch. I'm watching. Nailed it. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Smell you later, creeps. Yep. Let's see some dummies make cakes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. Thank you very much. And what the hell? Yeah. Okay. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Yeah. 
So this one comes from Stephanie Soltis. During my undergrad, I lived in an old farmhouse off campus of University of Iowa. I believe it was built in 1900. One day while I was doing laundry in the basement, um, I felt someone watching me. I glanced over my shoulder and saw a face. A face staring at me through a crack in the wall separating the front part of the basement, we used it for parties, and the back part, which was creepy and had tons of spiders. I grabbed my cat and ran up the stairs. For the next few months, I did my laundry at the laundromat and moved Meatloaf, my cat BFF, his litter box upstairs. The overall creepy vibe at the time only happened... Oops. Oh, man. (laughs) What'd you do? I tried to flick a notification out of the way, and I accidentally clicked on it. Ah. Uh, Sorry. You're good. Okay, so we moved Meatloaf's litter box upstairs. The overall creepy vibe at the time only happened near the basement stairs, and I would run past it, which gave all my friends ammunition to tease me relentlessly about it. Then it moved to my room, so when a new roommate moved in, I gave him my haunted room, and I moved to the top floor, which is a shitty move on my part, but he knew that I thought the house was haunted. Move forward another year of me completely sure that my house was haunted. I was coming home from my late shift bartending and my roommate was outside with meatloaf in his carrier and my dog on her leash sitting on the front porch. The fire department was being called and they found an alarmingly high level of carbon monoxide in the basement. My roommate had started to feel the same things I did and was and, and unwilling to admit he felt creepy vibes. He bought a carbon monoxide detector that immediately went off the moment he put in the batteries. Ooh, that's scary, too. <laughs> I mean, it's scary in a whole different way. Right, totally. But she had said that she sent this in reaction to us talking about carbon monoxide leading to kind of like incidents of thinking you were being haunted yeah. on the show. Um, and she says, she says, so the, in this story, she says, besides that, I don't really have anything. And then she tells me, tells us something that I think is like very good. Okay. Um, besides that, I have no big experiences to share firsthand. My daughter, who turns three on Saturday, told me last week that she sees a skeleton in her closet and he opens up the curtains and says, Hey, how you doing today? Which she says with a heavy, heavy Brooklyn Italian accent. Her dad is a Brooklyn native. We live in a two family house upstairs and her great grandma lives downstairs. We go down daily to see Nana Raisa, or Ressa, I'm not sure, and my daughter goes up to a picture of her great-grandpa and talks to it. He passed away 31 years ago. She was born premature at 24 weeks and nearly passed away a few times while in the NICU, so I always wonder if she got a bit of The Shining or is more open to things. Either way, she's a happy, healthy, sometimes creepy kid. That is wild. Yes. So I think that's not nothing. No, I don't think that's nothing. Yeah. Hey, how you doing today? Yeah, she's that's who she's talking to in her closet. Happy skeleton. Mm-hmm. Friendly skeleton. So cool. And she talks to the picture of her grandpa. So what do you think? One and the same? I think she has the shining. Yeah. I guess so. But That's what I think. Babes don't know to lie about that stuff. Well, yeah, I guess, but I, you could make the argument that it is, you know, like a, a wild imagination. Of course, she could hear perhaps her nana downstairs talk like that, or talk about how her grandpa talked like that, or sure. something. Commingled but, uh, dreams and real life, not right. realizing that what was uh, something that you thought you experienced was actually a dream. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, just an argument. I know, uh, but, but then I'm, other than that, the carbon monoxide face. Oh my! That you saw a face. You must have died honestly flat out not to not to let the air out of every you know fun balloon about you know stories of the paranormal but if you think you see a ghost Mm -hmm. i feel like the first thing that you should do is uh check your carbon monoxide alarm to make sure the batteries are in it yeah right like if you honestly like maybe that's do you know where your carbon monoxide alarm is 
I'm, oh, I'm sure Allie does. <laughs> I don't know where that would be. We lived in this house for less than a year. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to be somewhere. Yeah. It's, oh, there's oh, one okay. in this very room. Oh, yeah, it's plugged in. There's a plug thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah, good. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, I feel like yeah, have some sort of a paranormal experience. Yeah, give check it a for look. carbon monoxide right away. Yeah, and and then just to rule it out, if exactly. nothing else, if nothing else, yeah, because then if you see that there, mm-hmm. you know. You're in the clear right. on carbon monoxide. You're way not in the clear. And that was no, a ghost. It's a ghost. That was a ghost. Totally. Yeah. Which brings us to William. I'm going to ask you to tell us the story of another kid uh-huh. oh, who my seems God. like he uh, has been interacting with some stuff. 100%. Uh, I'm going to tell you all a very uh, special story right now. Uh, so uh, uh, Allie and I are friends, uh, the Costas told us a story of something their son Charlie experienced in their home. They had just mm-hmm. moved into a new house. Uh, I've I've flat out made them retell me the story multiple times when we hang yeah. out. Because I like it when they tell me scary stuff. Yeah, they told me when we went out to dinner like a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a real wild story. Whatever. I, I'm doing go too right much preamble. I'm just going to launch into it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call this the yellow ladies i love this and also this kid is golden oh yeah so take her away okay okay (laughs) this is written by my buddy michael costa when my son charlie was about two years old we moved into a new house our house is a ranch style uh place in the new jersey suburbs not particularly old or of the type that you'd expect to be stereotypically haunted charlie was young and in the upcoming months, we'd eventually trans, uh, transition him to a, a big boy bed. So no longer sleeping in a crib. Uh, but at this point, as of this story, he is still in right. the crib. He's a little kid. He's got right. his own room. He's in the crib. Uh, he's a mature kid, but at this time, his vocabulary was limited to a typical two-year-old. And that's why they were so surprised when one morning during <laughs> breakfast, Charlie mentioned something about... The Yellow Ladies. We had no idea what he was talking about, and his choice of words was very strange for his age. The Yellow Ladies is a bizarre phrase to hear come out of your kid's mouth at any age, (laughs) but especially at two years old. Charlie wasn't particularly agitated about it. He told us that these Yellow Ladies were yelling at him in the middle of the night. Concerned, we pressed him for more details. Was he scared? Was he having a bad dream? What did they look like? What were they saying? He wasn't very forthcoming about the details. (laughs) I can't say for sure whether it was out of nervousness or a genuine disinterest. He simply said they were yellow, and I pictured them having yellow skin. Like, uh, yeah. To that end, like uh, the movie Sin City or Uh uh, Jaundice. Yeah. That's what I. Yes. At least. Yeah. Um, We were freaked, to say the least. He also said they were yelling at him about, quote unquote, bad dreams. Oh, my God. Your two-year-old goes, no, they were yelling at me about bad dreams. I can't imagine. They were yelling at me in the night. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My wife remembers that he brought up the story several times, but I don't recall that. And I can't say for sure. He probably blocked it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't say for sure if it was an ongoing experience he had or just him recalling this one incident. 
you know, was it a recurring bad right. dream or is it just like the he one just keeps time talking it was about because so it, it was so intense, right? Yeah. Uh, I never knew what to make of the yellow ladies, and though I searched his room and the house for any source of inspiration, maybe a stray Simpsons poster (laughs) or something that might have planted the seed in his imagination, I never found anything that gave the story any basis in reality. When Charlie was older and his vocabulary was much more robust, he's almost six now, we brought up the yellow ladies again to see if he remembered them. Four years have passed. He claims he does, but his account of the story is much different now. He recalls that the ladies were yellow because they were glowing, not yellow-skinned. He also claims that they came out of his God book. I love it so much. <laughs> Which we've since established was actually the, the illustrated children's Bible that we keep on his nightstand. And when we first had the conversation with Charlie, he claimed that they were yelling at him, to warn him about his bad dreams, mm-hmm. which is only marginally less frightening an image. Right. That doesn't seem like it would help. Like, no. you're going to have bad dreams, Charlie. They're coming. Here they come, yeah. Charlie. You're going to have a nightmare tonight. Just so you know. That, that's like a Banshees yes, that we've totally. discussed before. Yep. Uh, foretel- an omen. Yes. Foretelling of bad news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's absolutely frightening. Uh, but what I gather at this point is that Charlie alleges that women with a yellow glow, possibly angels, mm-hmm. question mark, emerged from his Bible to protect him in some way from having nightmares. Framed this way, his experience seems almost like a benevolent haunting rather than something malicious. I'm not religious, and I'm also a bit of a skeptic about the paranormal, but my wife and I won't deny that the experience Charlie describes of the yellow ladies, regardless of what angle you to- choose to interpret it from, is pretty spooky, inexplicable, and an extraordinary story to come out of the mouth of a two-year-old. Yeah. I love that story. The yellow ladies. Yep. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mike sent me this story, and then he also texted me. Yeah. Update? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. He texted me with a little more context for the story. Excellent. Yeah. So um I'm going to try to show this to everybody on the uh on the on the live stream here if you're watching the video version. Cool. Um so this is the uh the okay. book where the yellow ladies uh come from. And yep. you can see that they do appear to be mm-hmm. angels. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, a nice kidsy yeah. image whatever. It's supposed to be comforting. Right. For sure. Right. But I find uh the 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 message that Mike typed out accompanying this image to not be very comfortable (laughs) hit me yeah charlie just showed me this in his book but he says this is where they came out of and they didn't look like this oh they were out of the book and all of them was yellow and glowing oh okay faces everything yeah and he said that they could only see him and asked where he was because they couldn't see his surroundings Oh, my God. That is not comforting. No. So that reverses everything for me, to be honest. That changes a whole lot for me as well, because, like, if they're so knowing to... So where are you right now? That that we want to think that they're aware of his nightmares coming, they're warning him. Yeah. They're aware of that, but they don't know where he is. That sounds like a wolf in sheep's clothing to Uh me. Uh-huh. Oh, 100%. 100%. So where are you, Charlie? Yeah. Oh, you're going to have bad dreams tonight, 
let me let me let you know about that so that you're not too freaked out. And by yeah. the way, where, where are you? Where are you? Right you? Now? Tell me where you are. The next step is do you like it there? Right. Yeah, exactly. Or can we come in? Yeah. It's like a vampire. Yeah. Right? Like you have to invite them or something right. like that. It's very alarming to me the yeah. idea that uh they can see you. Yeah. Almost like uh like on the internet. Like you can connect from computer to computer. Right. Uh, but you need additional access to be able to like override somebody else's system. Right. I wonder you know? if it's almost like they can see him in the astral plane. Yeah. So that they can see that he maybe Charlie has entered their dimension somehow. Maybe. And they're like, oh, somebody's in here with us. So they're like, hey, uh, where are you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Where are <laughs> you? Where are you? Well, let's keep a close eye on that. Without a doubt. The yellow ladies. Very I frightening. Love that. Very, very frightening. <sighs> well, guys, we're going to go. Yeah. We'll investigate. Maybe this plane where the yellow ladies came from. Maybe that's the netherworld we'll have to travel to this week in between episodes. Perhaps. This this could be the very same highway that we yeah. take in the netherworld at that's the end right. of every single episode. That's right. So we can take Charlie by the hand and make sure that he's fine there. Absolutely. 100%. Charlie mm-hmm. will be absolutely fine. Oh, he's safe with us. Uh, but I do wish to know more about these yellow ladies. Me too. Charlie, Charlie, if you could record a video message and tell us more about the yellow ladies, I'm very interested to hear that. I... Uh, Oh, it's so scary that they uh, come out of the God book. Well, that's conflicting to me. I would think that they would be, you know, on the up and up. But all of them is yellow, head to toe, not right. just the cloak they're wearing. So it's almost like a poor imitation yeah. of what's actually in the book, right? Oh, God. See what I'm saying? Yeah, like a narc trying to act like a teenager, but they're not trying to, they're not pulling it off. Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. How's it going, so, fellow kids? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy. Be careful. Be real careful. All I'm saying is be careful. And when they do you a favor and they warn you that nightmares are coming, mm-hmm. uh, 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 don't take that as a sign that you should put your trust in them. No. No. no that may be them like throwing you a bone, getting you hooked on the first taste. Oh, crazy. Not good. Crazy. Or maybe fine. Maybe fine. Yeah. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's completely fine. Yeah. Maybe it's great. It probably is. Maybe it's great. It's probably angels. It probably is. It's probably totally normal and fine. Very much so. <laughs> Well, there you have it. There you have it, guys. So if you want to enter our contest to win one of our Dybbuk boxes, make sure you do what we said at the beginning of the show and share our show with people and tag us so that we know. Yep. Also, you can find us online at GTTU Pod everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU Pod. And come hang out with us. People are sharing like really awesome stuff, especially lately. I feel like there's been like a big uptick of like cool posts and stuff. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. Um, if you want to get extra entries for the Dibic Box contest, Dibic Box contest, or you just want to support us, you can become a patron of ours by going to patreon.com slash pod. And you can also find Will and I individually online. I'm on Instagram at Chillin' Kristen. I am at Haunted Sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you have a wonderful time. Uh, and thank you so much for hanging out with us. So we yeah. will see you next time when we will once again get spooky and announce the winners of the contest. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes... We must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we! There's the box talking. Whoa! Whoa.